Welcome to this week's episode of Birthright Living Legacy Podcast, where we share the stories of fatherhood and their effects because there is no manual. We are here to learn from each other as we build our fatherhood playbook. Now welcome your host, Marquise and Crystal Dennis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, my voice is not all the way there, so we're going to let the light-skinned wonder do what it is that she does best and take over the show. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Miss Marquis Denny. You can kill it. Hit the button. Let's go. Really? You're ridiculous. Well, welcome back and thanks for joining us. We are kicking off our season two of the podcast. And so since we started our first season out with kind of get to know the people behind the mics, we figured we would start our second season out um, the same way now having had our child um, and just give you guys a little bit of an update. And, you know, Marquise is going to stop playing it because his voice is fine. Wait, what? Yeah. My voice oh. is fine. Oh, suddenly. Oh, you want the you, you want to know the truth? It's is so that what it is? is it you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> we have new buttons. That's all I'm excited about. And that's the truth. Root. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we are. Um, my voice is a little bit gone. I don't know why. Um, I wasn't at a sporting event or anything. Uh, allergies have been kicking my butt. I uh, was unloading some tile and wow. threw a bunch of dust in my nose and my mouth. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> it's the one time I probably wish I should have had a mask on, but it was just me. <laughs> so uh, I didn't think I needed one. So, um, yeah, so we're going to give you uh, this weird voice version of me. I kind of uh, like it. It's talking. like a radio version voice, you know? No, this is Like not you a were born to do this. Stop it. <laughs> so we're going to tell you the update of where we are versus uh, where we've been. Uh, so when we left off, uh, Crystal um, had just basically explained a lot about, you know, who she was as a young girl, figuring out the struggle of not having her father around. I was telling you all of the struggle of being a father of not one, not two, but three uh, children that I treated somewhat illegitimately, and uh, now we have one inside of marriage. Yay! <laughs> so, um, in birthright fashion, you know, I'll answer my favorite part about being a father uh, because I can tell you there's de- there's a drastic difference that I've noticed um, just being involved. I remember the day that I realized, wait a minute. I made all three of these women go through this by themselves. Uh, when we were in pregnancy, <laughs> Crystal was, you know, in need of uh, support when it was trying to figure out what she could eat, what she couldn't eat. Um, and just being able to help take care of her. Me and I, I wouldn't wish single motherhood on anyone. Um, I was uh, not a very good dude for that. That was, that was crap. Um, but seeing as how I'm now a involved father, my favorite part is just really, um, now that he's to the point, he's like what, five months now. So he's to the point where he can start to smile. So I remember the first time that he laughed 
when he was in the tub and I had to call <laughs> Crystal in. She was in the middle of pumping. We have a, you know, a small entryway to our bathroom. <laughs> so we're trying to sneak her in, not get him sick, but I'm trying to spray this water on him the way that I, I did cold. just so I could get him to laugh for the first time because we never heard it before. And he recreated it, and she was so excited. I was so excited. Uh, but it was just really watching the development uh, to where now, you know, watching his smile whenever he's being sneaky or being sly and he don't want to go to sleep or, you know what I mean? Like, I can see. Wants to drink the bath water. Oh, yeah, he's trying to be slick and drink bath water, and we have to tell him that's not what that's for. <laughs> so that's my favorite part. Let me ask you this, Crystal. What's your favorite part about watching uh, me as a father? Oh, oh man, there's just so many. I think my favorite just over, <coughs> overarching is just seeing the bond that you two have, you know. Um, I think probably because I didn't have my father, I get more joy than the average from that because, you know, I, I'll tell some moms and they're like, doesn't that just frustrate you? And I'm like, no, it just lights me up. I love it, you know. <laughs> and so there's not like a like a tendency to say, oh, why doesn't he, you know, do this with me? I mean, aside from the poopy diapers, it would be great if he would start pooping <laughs> with you instead of me. Um, no, but we, you have, know. We, have, we have worked out a thing. Yeah. You know. Oh, I fully believe it. That <laughs> is a daddy's boy through and through. But yeah, just seeing the look on his face when he sees you, you know, experiencing, there were a couple of times where he had to, Marquise had to go out on business trips and do speaking engagements. And so he was gone for, you know, three to five day periods when he was was less than three months and it made a difference like you could genuinely see the difference in our child versus when Marquise was there he was just you know I don't know how to explain it like you could see that he knew a part of him was missing and at first I didn't even catch it until it was the second time he had left and it was it was just obvious at that point and then his schedule had also changed and so they normally had a Saturday morning routine they'd wake up together and drink coffee and maybe go for a walk or whatever and then he um, began working on Saturdays and that's when you know the pattern began to develop and his Saturday mornings he was just so fussy and he's just such a good baby he normally only is fussy if something is literally wrong and so anyways being able to put it together it was like oh he really he really just misses his dad. You know, he would come home and he would just instantly stop and look at him and they would just have this little, you know, the whole earth stops moving moment <laughs> and and they would just connect and then he wouldn't be fussy anymore. And so just being able to see that tangible bond is just amazing and yeah, I just, it just fills me up so much to see how much you love our son and how much our son reciprocates that love and just looks up to you already at such a young age. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so that is definitely a fun part. It's, it's really, it's really weird because the, having that juxtapose, you know, juxtapose with, uh, trying to reconnect with the older kids that I was not in their lives, you know, it's like with him, it's so easy to connect with them it's such a intentional uh, thing. Um, and, and just here recently, I had to realize, like, you know what? I can't force that relationship, you know, as much as I want it, as much as I see the value in it for them as well as for me. Um, I, in my mind, I think they think I'm doing it just so I can say I did it. But that's not the case. The real reason that I, I'm interested is just really to help them know things about themselves that they'll never know. Hopefully they listen to this on the sneak tip 
and uh, get a chance to know things about me. Um, a couple of years ago when I had a pulmonary embolism, excuse me, um, uh, I had a pulmonary embolism and the first thing I said, um, you know, was, hey, make sure my kids get my journal um, because the journals um, that I've collected since 2005 up until now talks about all the things that I've learned, all the things that I've done, all the things that matter to me. Um, so that way we don't find ourselves where they're, you know, lost in the sauce um, on the same things. You know what I mean? And so it's really great to to see that, um, you know, that, you know, some some of the things are changing, especially in me. Uh, we were just looking at that stat. Um, I'm reading a book right now called The Boy Crisis, and it talks about there is a um, like a chemical in a, in a dad's brain that doesn't it, it lays dormant in their mind until they get an opportunity to start caring for a child that can't do anything for itself. And until that happens, a dad will never kick into gear. And so it goes back to what we were saying before is like, you know, dads don't get a chance to mature until they have the opportunity uh, to hold their child, to be in their child's lives, to be able to grow in that sense. But I didn't know that there was an actual chemical. It's like a pheromone that is released that when a dad is around a child, its own child um, that can't care for itself then this part of the brain, like it lays dormant until that happens. And so I was just so shocked because I think about, you know, kind of what you were saying is just like how much I missed him when I was gone, how much, you know, of a draw it is, you know, like when me and Cam were, um, you know, playing around when he was three and when he was, you know, six, when I got out of prison, you know, we were, we were thick as thieves at times, but we only got to see each other every once in a while. Um, but when we would wrestle around, it would be great. You know what I mean? Like it would be there, you know, our relationship would just be like, yeah. But when we weren't, you know, when we weren't playing around or when I wasn't taking him to a movie or when I wasn't doing something dad fun you know he wanted to go home he was like I don't want to be here I just want to come here do the fun stuff and then go and uh, I mean it hurt my feelings um, because I know that there's more to the relationship that we have to have than that and so um, you know after seeking some counsel uh, and things of that nature I learned that that's just not healthy um, for me to um, keep portraying that this is the way that you treat a father um, you know, even with my daughter, you know, I was just talking to, uh, one of my mentors, sorry for making all these, you know, bowel movements and with my nose and, oh uh, wait, honey, is bowel just, movements? No, bigger? it's not bowel movements. What do you call it? I don't know. Congested bowel, movements. It's not bowel movements. <laughs> that is the wrong image. So sorry. Really. My apologies, everyone. Just, just anyway, I'm sorry that I'm coughing and snorting on the mic. <laughs> it is probably very unprofessional. And we are going to, uh, you know, slowly start to uh, get better at that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, just in the process of growing. Um, you were talking about your daughter, your, your mentor. Oh, so when I was talking about her, uh, to him, I was just like, you know, you know, there was times where, you know, her being angry and her being uh, disrespectful, you know, it's hard for me to swallow. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really, um, I couldn't really take it. You know what I mean? It was just like, I get it. You know, you're mad. But at the same time, you know, the fact that you would talk to any adult 
in these ways would be unacceptable to me. You know, I wouldn't care if you lived with me and you hated your mom. Like I wouldn't let her talk. I wouldn't let you talk to her that way. Um, so that was interesting to talk to uh, someone about that because I felt for a long time that I had to undergo the, um, you know, the abuse. And um, he asked me a really pivotal question. He said, you know, um, how are, how, you know, what does that say about how it's okay for her to treat you? And then two, how does that say it's okay for her to treat her spouse? You know, by you accepting that, that sort of behavior, you're telling her basically, you know, when she's talking to her husband or, you know, whoever her significant other is, that it's okay to abuse them verbally because my dad doesn't even correct me. My dad doesn't even, you know, tell me to do these things. And so when I thought about it from that standpoint, it was just really interesting because, you know, I know when we were in the beginning and we were doing the tummy time thing, you know, we were struggling with wanting to put him on his stomach because he didn't want to do it. He just cried and screamed. But it was like, as parents, we have to do the thing we don't want to do in the short term because we know over time it's going to benefit them the greatest. Right. You know, and so that's one of the things that really changed my perspective as far as being a father, an active father, you know, cause I'm still a father, even though I was inactive in their lives, I'm still their dad and that's never going to change. But to be an active father now, it truly has shaped the way that we, you know, one operate the program two interact with each other, but three, um, what we determine to be acceptable because it's really easy to get lost in doing, things because it immediately, you know, blankets a need or band-aids a need. But then over time, you know, I've created this, um, this kind of unrealistic lifestyle that we can't live up to, you know, and I know plenty of people that feel guilty that they weren't in their children's lives. So they try to buy their way out of that hole. Um, and I'm here to tell you, dads, like, that's not, I mean, again, I can't tell you how to live, but over the long run, that's going to end up hurting your children more because they're never going to get the opportunity to realize that, yeah, forgiveness is necessary. Yes, there's a journey that has to happen, but most important is that relationship is a two-way street. I mean, just imagine if Crystal only pursued me and then I didn't you know, to return it. I just met her with disrespect. You guys would tell her, divorce him. He's abusing you you know, uh, or vice versa. You would tell me to leave her. She's abusive. And there's plenty of other women out there. There's plenty of other. Now with your kids, it's different. But at the same time, the token is still the same. And I had to make my two oldest children a video. You know, I, I relentlessly pursued them over the last uh, year and a half, just making videos, talking to them with no replies, um, sometimes I got replies for, Hey, can I have some money? Uh, which was okay. You know, it was just great really to be able to get that interaction. But what I started to notice was that I only got responses, uh, from one of them, um, when it was time for, you know, um, financial gain, so to speak. And so I said to them both, I said, Hey, you know, I, 
just wanted you to understand, like, I've relentlessly pursued you for this year and a half just to let you know that you're seen, you're heard, and that you matter, and that I love you. I'm going to always be your dad, no matter how you feel about me. And I'm going to be intrinsically valuable, whether you like me or not. But what I can't do is I can't stand for disrespect, and I can't force myself into your life. And as soon as you're ready to try to do this together, I'm here. But until then, I'm just going to back off and I'm going to let you uh, be able to, with your adult mind, make that decision. Um, As kids, you know, it's different when they're under 18. Pursuit is different because there's a lot of outside influences and there's a lot of things that legally you can do. But at 13, they get an opportunity to say, no, I don't want to. And when they say, no, I don't want to, then there's nothing you can do. There's nothing the courts can do. Um, So. If, you're chi- if your children are under the age of 13, I mean, pursue as much as you absolutely can. You know, scratch, scrange, borrow, you know, whatever you can to be able to get into their lives. However, you know, after 13, just know that there's not a lot that you can do. Um, but make yourself known and make yourself presentable. Um, and just let them know that they're loved, you know, regardless of their anger, regardless of what's going on in their life, you know, that you're there for them. It's beautiful. So, uh, what's going on in your world, Crystal? Something, uh, super exciting just happened for you. Uh, you made a video and then, uh, you let me in on a very special part of your life. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you all remember, I think we went over how we met uh, originally and, and kind of that storyline meeting at, Bo- uh, almost said Bavarian, what is it called? Ludger's <coughs> Bavarian Cake Shop. Uh, meeting in line there and just being able to talk for a little bit and understand why we were both there. And the end result of that was I knew I was called there for a purpose. And when I met Marquise and he told me about Birthright Living Legacy, I knew he was that purpose. And I was like, oh, wonderful. You know, you're the reason I'm here. I have a testimony I need to share with you that is just, you know, key for your mission and your vision for the organization you just told me you're starting. And so I had told him at that point that I would allow him to record the testimony of my father. And so gave him my Facebook and, you know, that was the whole purpose that we had that initial interaction and exchange of information. Um, And so fast forward now two years, we finally recorded that video. (laughs) So um, we at Birthright got an amazing opportunity to win some free marketing. Thank you guys all for voting for us. That extremely helped. But go ahead. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I thought you were going to help out with the name. Alpha Graphics, yes. So Alpha Graphics made our banners. It was Story uh, story Catchers. Story Catchers. <laughs> yeah, see, look, I was looking at you for the assist, and you oh, abandoned me, man. I was making the, uh, I was making the video for our uh, post at Story Catcher Studios that, that helped us out. Uh, those of you that were on LinkedIn got a chance to vote us in for that, and we truly appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, not only did they um, offer to record my video, but I think we got a total of uh, seven or eight videos that they're recording to help pitch the vision, the mission. Um, And so, yeah, it was just a beautiful experience to go in there and be able to share this, you know, 
hard story ultimately with some genuine people and you know they were even willing I can talk to people all day I I've stayed up in front of crowds and I've done you know I've led things without hesitation but for whatever reason talking about my father and sharing that story in a in such a global way was just almost debilitating for a moment and so you know he had uh, picked up on that a little bit and just completely threw the book out you know and decided to change up how he was going to do things he made the room dark and he the setting was just perfect for me to be able to be in the zone of the journey of my story instead of being focused on okay there's all these cameras and lights in front of me and I'm recording maybe the most important um, testimony that I've I've shared outside of my own salvation and so anyways, it was just a, an amazing experience. They could not have done better. I'm very grateful that they are the ones that captured the story. And so now we have it and we are working on releasing that and the, the st strategy behind how we want to release that one. Um, but in the midst of that, you know, that week that I was going to record it, Marquis had approached me and he, you know, was just like, hey, I know that there's a part of your life you haven't let me into. And I just want to let you know that I know and I'm here and, you know, whenever you're ready, let's do it. And I'm thinking, what on earth is he talking about? <laughs> and, you know, he had gestured towards the garage and that's where I have two suitcases um, from my father's house that when I went to take care of his estate, I just kind of took some practical stuff so that way I could remember him. Um, and, but I just packed him up and really never touched him again. And I haven't, I hadn't been in him since I loaded him up in Oregon. And so that's what he was referring to was to letting him in on, you know, that insight and, and what that experience was. And so. I'm glad that he had said it. Obviously I knew I had the stuff in there. Um, I don't know that I ever put together the fact that, you know, he wasn't, he was, he was left out of a part of me. Um, but when he said that, it was just kind of that eye opener, like, oh, well, I don't want to keep him out of anything. You know, he's fully welcome to every part of my life. And so it was that motivation I needed to, to get myself even to go back through that stuff. And so I pulled it out one date night and, you know, he was like, oh, do you want to watch a movie? You want to go here? You want to, what, you know, what do you want to do? And so by the time he had come from the kitchen, I had the, the suitcases or a, at least I had him find the other one. I couldn't find it. Um, but I had one of the suitcases in the living room and we went through that and then our son woke up and he was able to come be part of it. So it was just a neat, you know, bonding experience, seeing all the, all the things from my father's house between the music interests to the to the um, movies to you know like I said I took very practical things so tools measuring cups just things that can be used around the house and it would just be you know um, a deposit of love from my father all throughout my house instead of just having this thing that I could look at and not actually use you know when Keith baby Keith grows up he's gonna know hey this is grandpa's tools or you know what I mean like and so I had got to thinking I was like oh well I'm not gonna remember now that we're like unpacking it and putting it around the house I'm not gonna remember what was my dad's and what wasn't because again it was very practical things so it's not like it stood out and so I had begun writing his initials on some of the things like the movies and especially like I didn't want those ones to get given away if we start giving things away or whatever whatever. Um, and so about halfway through it, I go running into the living room and I was like, honey, honey, guess what? Guess what? I just figured out. He's like, what? And I was like, 
your and my dad's initials are the exact same. <laughs> like it blew my mind. That's so funny. It probably sounds like this very trivial thing, but it just, I don't know. It was just a very neat connection for me. Cause honestly, as I was writing those things, I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's going to feel my husband will feel some type of way that I'm putting another man's initials, even though it is my father's, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how he'll feel about that. And then I was like, Oh, MD. <gasps> Marquise <OMG>. Dennis, you know, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, go feel no type of way." <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, that was a that was a really neat moment for me. So if you ever come to my house and you think that I'm being petty by putting my initials on things, that is why. <laughs> um, excuse me, can we talk about the rock in the front yard? Because I had nothing oh, to do with that. So. That's funny. I mean, the rock was long before you, but it's still there. Yeah, and it's supposed to be uh-huh. because it's it represents the properties that we own. Uh, you uh, know, that was the so that let's was the purpose. Clarify, of that. if you ever come to the house and you see him tagging his his name on things, that is him. <laughs> <laughs> I did a small fraction on some CDs and DVDs. You know what? You don't, know. don't don't. Hey, don't do baby, this. keep it real. Don't Fully do transparent. Ain't that what you tell me? That's All so the time. funny. All the time. My life is something special. Um, well, yeah, so uh, that is awesome. Yeah, it was a great moment um, because she chose a date night to do it. And, um, you know, date night is really important to us, especially since having a child, you know, that it, it had to transform how it looks because, excuse me, because we do it properly by allowing, um, I mean, we have a great network of family members and friends that are, you know, taking the uh, the charge of helping us uh, while Crystal, you know, returned to work. Um, so we have had a ton of people helping out as far as watching the little keys, um, you know, and it was really uh, kind of stressful in the beginning, trying to get on the same page, figuring out what that was going to look like. Um, you know, I had my um, preferences and I had my you know, ideas. She had her preferences and her desires as far as who and when and where. Um, and she commutes, um, you know, a 45 minute commute. Uh, and I was not interested in having my son on the road that long, um, which, you know, she made some very good points about, you know, when she's not working there, you know, her friends, her family that live there won't have an opportunity to be in his life as much. Um, and it actually just worked out to bear, you know, the people that we had here in town, they just weren't able to watch him, you know, for a week at a time. Um, so it just worked out. So I just encourage, you know, all new parents, especially when you're getting pregnant, um, you know, there, you'll have a lot of people that'll say, Oh, we'll help you. Oh, we'll help you. Um, some of them are not kidding. Um, so make sure to start to, you know, figure out what that really looks like for you because, you know, unrealistic expectations can happen. Just Um, say yes. Just yeah. say, I can't say that enough. Even if it gets to the point and you're like, I don't know if I want this person to watch my child. That's fine. But in the beginning, just say yes. One, because you need to get over that weirdness of allowing someone to help you if you have that struggle, which I would say like 80% of us do. Um, and then two, you need to get it wrapped around your mind that this, you know, raising a child does take a village. And the more you equip yourself with that surrounding to have that assistance, the better you're able to breathe and heal and recover. You know, having a baby is not just, you know, pushing them out and then caring for their life. Like you still have to, you just pushed a child out of yourself 
after growing this child, you know what I mean? Your husband or a significant other or whoever he is, you just assisted or was there supporting you through this whole thing also while trying to figure out, okay, how do I suddenly become a dad? How do I, you know, make sure our finances, you know, there's stress on both ends and oh, yeah. both of you need that reprieve. So I just say yes, just say yes, even if it's for the purposes of just accumulating a list and then going through sitting down together and saying who are we comfortable at this time with and who you know can we reach out to because it's it's gonna matter so much and even some of those people don't even have to be to the point where you're dropping your kid off some of them we've had hey can you come over here and watch the kiddo while we do a podcast and you know it's steps of trust that help you build and really see wow I really do have a network of people who are willing to support me and I don't have to do this on our own oh yeah or just, hey, can you come over for an hour while I go to sleep or while yeah. I clean up or whatever the case may be. You know, you might have a young niece or a nephew that, you know, you, you definitely don't want to leave them alone. But it's OK to have them there when you're there. And then at least you can take that moment to do whatever it is that you need to do. Uh, because in the beginning stages, I mean, your body, like she was saying, you know, there's no way unless you've had kids that you know how your body's going to react. And even even having kids before, it doesn't guarantee that your body's going to act the same way. Um, and as a dad, you know, um, you know, I suggest uh, and this this came with a lot of begrudgedness in the beginning uh, to take the night shift. Uh, at first, I was just really angry and was like. I'm not taking the night shift. She's off. I need to be off and I need to take the, you know, the time to recoup. She needs to get up and, you know, da 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 da. Um, and then I had a guy uh come to me, a couple dads that were like, nah man, you know, we took the night shift for our kids, because uh, it gives our wife an opportunity to replenish so she can be off during the day. And I was like, Well, my wife's gotta go back to work at some point. They're like, our wives don't even work. And I thought, dang. For their wives not to even work at all, and they still uh, are taking the night shift. I was like, what kind of jerk am I? Um, so I went and tried. I said, you know what, I'll take the night shift. Um, and it actually worked out because, you know, when he would wake me up uh, on her nights, I would be so angry. I would be like, get up. Don't you hear him? Get up. Do the thing. You know what I mean? Like. But when it was my night, you know, and he woke me up, it was just like, eh, I got to do the thing with the step in the people, you know, put his pacifier in his mouth 200 times, whatever the case may be. <laughs> uh, but it didn't bother me near as much. And so I found it actually worked out better for us, for me to give her a break because um, she's 10 times more productive than I am just as a human um, as far as taking care of the family, taking care of him, taking care of me. Uh, taking care of, you know, a lot of the things that we do around the house, laundry, um, you know, she loves to serve um, our family. So she cooks, she does all these wonderful things. And, you know, I do a lot of other stuff. Uh, a lot of it's sometimes external where it's out of the house where, you know, I'm at a meeting or at a board meeting or doing a thing or doing a merger or deal or something of that nature where, you know, mine is not so demanding. Uh, on the physical but mentally I'm spent by the time I get home and you know I've had to learn how to not allow that to get in the way you know so when we talk about dating that's why it's like you have to be intentional um, to make those things a priority you know like I said dating looks different now 
because we have our friends and family watching the kids or the kid throughout the week, we try to make sure that we just incorporate him and, and focus on what a date night looks like at home where we're watching a movie together or, you know, just popping popcorn or whatever the case may be. Now that we have him on a schedule, uh, it's even easier, you know, because <laughs> we started by eight o'clock. We have alone time, which is before, you know, we were going to bed at what was it like one, ten, two yeah. in the morning. Like it just you and just he was never going knew. to bed with us at those times. So you just never like, knew. Yeah constant he was with us 24 7 I mean obviously he still is but like we didn't get that break as he's saying now and you know just just going back to those beginning days I would really just encourage transparency as much as possible Um, because again you both are dealing with so much as it is and there's no possible way for there was no possible way for Marquise to fathom what I was going through all day, every day, you know, and as much as his mind would try to say, okay, I get it. Uh Uh-huh. She's at home. It's still like, but she's at home. You know (laughs) what I mean? And for me, I'm like, okay, I get it. You're working, you're doing two jobs. It's probably stressful, but you also got to go out to eat and have this really long lunch meeting. (laughs) And I'm over here trying to force feed myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because I don't have time. You know, if I'm not pumping, he's crying or I'm changing him. I'm trying to sleep. I am having, you know, a recovery process of my own, which let me tell you that y'all, y'all, y'all need to be more transparent when it comes to letting (laughs) other mothers know what to expect when having a baby. Let me just say that. So for all of you who were misled, the recovery part of having a child is the worst part. I would rebirth (laughs) my child. I did no, no medicine whatsoever. No no shot, whatever that thing's called. Epidural. Epidural. I gave him, delivered him naturally and would go through that in a heartbeat all over again if I could bypass recovery. Recovery was the absolute worst. Yeah. So anyways, all that to say, you're both going through things and the more transparent in your communication you can be with one another, the quicker you can get to the true resolutions because we went through a period where man that pillow just looked real good on top of his face let me tell you you know (laughs) 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 but it was because I was feeling these things internally and I'm just like why doesn't he see that I need help with this or why doesn't he get it I don't understand you know but instead of articulating that I kept it in and same for him and and she had these uh expectations of well you should want to and it was like no, you should want to let me relax because I got to, you know, be on night shift here in about a two hours. And it just, you know, because we didn't articulate in the beginning, um, thank goodness that we have been intentional about this podcast and having uh, people on the show with various years of experience. We've also spent a lot of time uh, reaching up, meaning uh, finding mentors that we have in our lives uh, for marriage, for, you know, uh, childbirth, uh, people in various stages of that for them. Uh, and then also um, having our biweekly meetings, you know, for me has been huge, you know, because when we get in there with the dads, you know, it's it's great to hear, you know, because some of the dads are just like, you know what, sometimes I want to choke my kid. You know, I'm not going to, but that's how I feel because it won't stop crying and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so we get a chance to really talk through, you know, what does that really mean? You know, where's the anger coming from? How is that really happening? Um, 
And how do you, how do you, you know, keep that from manifesting? Because if you are walking around with those kinds of thoughts and those kinds of feelings about your wife or your spouse or your, you know, your situation, your circumstances, your job, you know, those things are going to come out in alcoholism. They're going to come out in, you know, manifesting ways to cheat. Um, All kinds of things can happen um, if you don't have a free, safe place um, to be who you are and really just, you know, um, communicate where you are. Uh, and I, and I, you know, we've even had dads that are saying things like, you know, I don't trust my wife. I can't, I can't tell her this information because if I tell her how I really feel, she's just going to use it against me as ammo later. Um, and so, you know, I know Crystal and I had talked about that. Um, you know, sometimes for me, you know, when she tells me something, I would always take it like, okay, now that we know together, it's just a reference point. So I would use it as a reference point. So I would say, Hey, you know, well, you said, you know, peanut butter and jelly, right? Right. And then, so she would be so angry. Like I just told you about my peanut butter and jelly situation. And now you're going to, now you're going to throw that in my face. And it's like, no, I'm trying to get us on the same page to say, I see peanut butter and jelly. You see peanut butter and jelly. Let's not let this, you know, sandwich uh, ruin our day, whatever the case may be. Um, and she would be, you know, fully hurt from that. So just really learning who your who your partner is, is really going to be important. Even if you guys don't share um, the same home anymore, uh, it's going to be very important because, Um, even though, even though, um, I, I don't have a great relationship, um, with my, with my children, you know, like I said, um, a great thing that did get to happen is, um, the mother of my youngest, um, we got a chance to talk. Um, we got a chance to meet up. She got a chance to meet Crystal. Uh, we didn't get to talk to my son or see him, but they got a chance to meet, um, she got a chance to meet our youngest son. Um, she got to shoot fires and shots at me, you know, and of course I was able to take it and just say, you know, Hey, I apologize for, you know, I didn't realize, I didn't realize what I had put you through and I can understand why you're so angry. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's also not to say that I was there to be abused, um, and just take all kinds of, you know, verbal or, you know, whatever kind of abuse, Uh, But I was there to try to see if there was a way to move forward uh, with me being in uh, my youngest life. So, um, again, these are things that we're working on in real life. You know what I mean? Um, So as I'm being a dad uh, to my youngest, I'm understanding where the shortcomings and the fallings have come, you know, with the other two and other three. I'm sorry. (laughs) Dang, she just laughed at me. That's crazy. Uh, sorry, I wasn't <laughs> laughing at the statements. He was uh, distracting me over here. And I was just thinking, you guys can't see anything he's doing. So I uh, did not mean to sound insensitive <laughs> or insecure. But that does, or insincere, that does bring me to a good point. Um, something I was going to say that helped us tremendously through this process, even just from, from the standpoint of marriage, was um, we went to this marriage retreat and... And, of course, got a lot from it. But one of the most impactful things that we utilized, especially in the beginning phrase, was um, having a safe place. So just just somewhere in your house. And in the beginning, they suggest literally designating this place as a safe place. Now we're at the point where we can just communicate, hey, can I have a safe place? And we understand what that means. Um, But at first, we literally made a spot in our bedroom 
two chairs are in there and we would go and sit and anytime we wanted to talk to the other person, you know, and just really get something off of our heart, but, you know, not get into an argument or not have to worry about, well, what is it, you know, how is he going to, how is she going to, you know, it was just a safe place to know, okay, when we're in these chairs, I'm here to support you. So whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, there is no judgment from me. There is no accusing, accusing, there is no defense, there's nothing, there's just support. So let me hear you and support you in the way that you need. And then it's like when you get up from that seat, it's over. Or I mean, not over, but you know what I mean? You're, it's not something that you're going to bring back up and say, well, do you remember that time you said, no, that's not the point. It's not a safe place if you're going to hold on to something and try to throw it back in their face. And so anyways, that was tremendously helpful for us. And now we even use it like, hey, let's have a safe place conversation. And it just lets that other person know, okay, drop your guard. They're not accusing you or attacking you. They're just dealing with something and they need to hash it out. And, you know, that has been tremendously helpful for us uh, moving forward, especially into parenthood. Because let me tell you, you think you got a plan and you don't. (laughs) You definitely don't. Or at least you 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 have two plans. Do you want to share one? Sure, go ahead. I I don't have one. I'm just saying, I'm trying to think of the last time we Oh, like I was thinking plan. You mean Oh, yeah. Safe place? Yeah. Like what were some of the things that we had to safe place? Uh wow. That's not where my brain went, so <laughs> yeah, <give me> <laughs> I can think of one. Okay. Uh one of the places one of the things that we did have to have a safe place talk over was her driving back and forth to Bartersville. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that was uh that was an issue. Um where I was just like, foot down, not want to hear anything. That's what we're doing. And, and I don't know. Y'all can hear hear a little <laughs> bit of who I am, but foot down, let me just tell you, that doesn't go so well. <laughs> I'm all about respecting my husband at the, as the leader of the house, but do not try to put your thumb or your foot on me or you will get pricked. And so anyways, uh, we did the whole thumb down thing. It, and it was bad. It was not good, as, I can, as she expressed. Um, I didn't budge, though. Um, and so I was just not having it. Um, but, um, you know, she had, she had said, Hey, you know, I would like to, you know, safe place, talk to you. And so whenever, whenever I go into those conversations, you know, it's kind of like, you know, men, it's kind of like when they say we need to talk, excuse me, but the difference is, um, I don't have to germinate a response. You know, I'm just there to listen, to hear, you know, what it is that she has to say. Um, and it was only in that context that I got a chance to really hear why it was so important to her. In my mind, I was just thinking she was just trying to hold on to the past and, you know, trying to just, you know, um, basically create this situation so that she can say, well, you know, my way is being done too. Your way is doing something. You know, I just, it, in my mind, it was just a big power move. When really, for me, it was just safety. I was like, I don't want uh, her having to tend to him on a 45-minute trip to and from, uh, even though I know there's a lot of people that do it. Um, uh, but it was just like, nope, not happening. And it was through that conversation where I had to open my mind to say, okay, well, maybe I am overreacting. You know, Maybe I am just um, kind of putting the pedal to the metal and trying to absurd my authority as opposed to um, hearing her out. And then, you know, of course, after that, you know, my mom called and was like, hey, 
I can't watch him a week at a time anyway. He's too big. And then I was just like, mm, y'all are taking sides. So <laughs> I was really getting mad. Uh, but I started to see, like, you know what? If we're going to do it, uh, you know, this is going to have to work out for both of us to be happy. And so, and, and really happiness is not where we're after, you know, cause we know that happiness is what happens to you as opposed to joy being uh, a constant thing. So it wasn't that we were trying to please each other as much as it was, we were trying to solve the problem of how do we keep him safe, keep him with family uh, as much as possible, as well as, um, you know, take care of all the basic needs without um, without it putting a huge strain on her, on me, uh, on the baby, and on the people that are helping us out. And so ended up working out to where, you know, mom's got them on Monday, sister's got them on Tuesday, cousin's got them on Wednesday and Thursday, friends got them on Friday. And, you know, if anybody's sick, if anybody needs to switch, you know, or if any, you know, if Crystal's not feeling well, she'll keep, you know what I mean? Like, so there's, um, there, there's communication, but now that we're all on the same page, especially starting with us, because it starts at home, you know, if we're not on the same page, you know, they might text me, my mom and sister might text me and ask me a thing. Um, and then her friends and cousin will text her and ask her a thing. And then now we've already started this division. That's not necessary. Whereas now, because we were able to have that conversation, get on the same page, see where each other were, uh, as far as our parenting skills, as far as our um, status, as far as what's best for all the people involved, um, now they could text either one of us and we both have the same answer, uh, which is really great because then she can um, know that I support her and um, know that, you know, anytime anything comes up, you know, she's not having to kind of try to micromanage or helicopter mom over me and I get to do the same. You know, if there's something that we need to make a decision over, it's the two of us to say, hey, well, this is the new information. You know, how do we how do we go there? You know, sometimes there's reactions and then, you know, when we react, that's when we have to bring the safe place. Um, but if we don't react and we're able to just have that conversation, um, kudos for us. And we have safe place a lot less than we did in the beginning. Um, that was a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we probably, we haven't had to use it this year at all, but. I mean, we're like less than a month in, but. You know, see how she just thunder stealing? I mean, I just want to be real. And that's the truth. Ruth. <laughs> just thunder stealing. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah. Um, it's been wonderful getting a chance to uh, talk to you, kind of update you guys where we are. Uh, Birthright Living Legacy. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, feel free to like us on Spotify. Make sure to like us on um, Apple. You know, find us on any of our uh, platform, social media. Uh, honey, do you have anything that you would like to uh, leave the dads with, the moms with, the people that are listening out there in the uh, ultraverse? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Marvel movie. Um, yeah, you know, I think if there's anything you can take away, the, the biggest thing that's on my heart that we want to communicate, or I'll speak for me, sorry, huh? um, that I want to communicate is just the goal should be unity. 
no matter what your position is, no matter what your relationship is with, you know, the child's other parent, it, it should be unity because the goal should be to give the child the best life possible. And it's not going to look cookie cutter and it's not going to look like your brother or your sister or your neighbor because it's going to be unique to you, your dynamic and your family situation going on. But if you can keep that goal as unity for your child to build that child up and give them the best chance that they have in the world, it just makes so many other things easier. And keeping that as the focal point, it it removes a lot of those quick reaction emotions, those triggers, you know, and you're able to just even deal with annoyances a lot better because you remember the end goal is not for me to like you or you to like me. And, and I'm married and I have to remember that sometimes. I, I don't like the way he does a, a lot of things with our, our child, but I see the importance in letting him do his thing. They need to bond. I need to learn. It doesn't have to be my way. And I need to be able to trust my husband to care for our child because that's what he's doing. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to look my way. So I say that because I'm going through it. I don't say that because I can I can say, this is what we have together and y'all need to do. No, no, I am married. I love to death the man that I'm married to and I'm grateful for our family. But we deal with these things on a real basis and on a regular basis. And I have to remind myself, unity is my goal. I want to be a team with my husband and I want to give my child the best foot forward he can have and all of that is based on his identity understanding that he has parents that love him and understanding that he is inherently valuable and that's the best gift that we can give to our children well said well said well we want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come out here today um, we are going to see you in about two weeks. Uh, make sure to join us on any of our social media platforms. And thank you, Crystal, so much for all your words of wisdom. We are excited to have you. We are excited to have you and excited to have you be here with us. Your help. As we are on a mission to help fathers who are needing to overcome obstacles to see their children, we are preparing to provide curriculum counseling, and family law assistance for any of our fathers. We will also have many fun events to participate in with their children as we build a fatherhood community. Partner with us on Facebook or Instagram and go to our website at brlivinglegacy.com and go to our donation tab on the bottom of the page to make a contribution. For any questions, contact us on any of our platforms as we would love to help. Birthright Living Legacy, changing lives one father at a time.